This is the Jagasit Podcast. With Will and Grace is, I don't think it's even intended to be toxic. I think it lacks so much substance, it comes off toxic. I don't, but this is, again, this is what I don't understand. Why it, because my, again, my experience of the gay community was primarily shaped around the pride movement that happened that led to um, gay marriage being legalized. You're asking, basically, you want to know why gay people support and LGBT people support Will and Grace, right? Well, my initial logic is representation and access was an issue back then. And I totally get it. You didn't get channels like one of my favorite channels being Logo. You didn't get channels like Logo until years after, well, after can, bullshit like that. I can explain like this. this is, so, I mean, you had Bravo, but come so on. You're right. You know, you representation really was shit. important in the 90s and early 2000s. Now, a lot of reasons why well, the, the series failed, after the new series failed after one season. That just sells, shows you where society is. That was only one season? I thought it was like two or three. It was only one or two. It wasn't. It oh. it just started last year. It, the reason it failed so badly is because, A, most of us as individuals, fans of the show, have evolved. Yeah. Grown past certain mental phases and really only watched it because we liked the old show. And I, I've heard several people say they didn't really like the show now. Yeah. Not just me. Our friend Katie even said it. Yeah. Um. We don't need that kind of representation anymore. We have so much now and we're only gaining more that we have now positive gay icons to look at. Like even, for example, um, Zelda Spellman of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is uh, has been involved with men and women on the show. OK, that's some that's something to look at. Or, you know, there's so many more modern shows that are representing gay people and queer people and the LGBT community as a whole better. So we've grown past the need for Will and Grace. OK. People were loyal to the show and they watched it. That's another reason why people watched it. But I think also some people haven't mentally grown, so they just they still think Will and Grace is great. So there's a few reasons why people still would watch it. You're saying there's some people that are that were just as toxic as those characters were, and they have remained so. That, I mean, so if you notice, there's a lot it? of shows out there that are toxic, and people are like, "Oh my god, I love this character so much." I mean, look at all the people who try to identify with Harley Quinn and be like, "I'm Harley Quinn." Oh yeah, absolutely. I, you know, back in the 90s, it was one thing to hear your friends be like, I'm such a Jack or I'm such a Karen. But now if you say that shit, you're just a tw- you're a terrible person. Yeah, my ex would say that, too, that she was what she specifically said, because she had a, a friend um, back then and they were referred to them for, to each other as Jack and Karen. I had that kind of relationship with Conchetta. Yeah. But the thing is, since then, Conchetta, me and a bunch of other fans have grown with society the culture is more respectful to the gay community uh we're trying to be better people every day in society so just the shit that worked in the 90s just doesn't work anymore i mean this is a whole other show but it's the same thing with sex in the city as i've touched on many times right yeah can we go into that very briefly i'd like to do a whole episode about that at some point but don't i mean don't worry about the time because this is an important topic but i'm ignorant to sex in the city too but i thought that show was was one initially, I just thought it was boring and not for me. I was a I teenage mean, it's a show boy. about four white women in the city. Yeah. Like that was uh, talking about their sex lives, and I can understand why a teenage boy could not yeah, fucking I, relate. I was, I was a black teenage boy living in the heterosexual hood. heterosexual boy. On top of that, uh, yeah, so was, it wasn't I was, like I was a straight black teenage boy living in the hood. I was not about to watch a show about a bunch of privileged white women living in a different district of Manhattan taking advantage of people. This is another show that I really loved, and I realized was also deeply toxic in fact they also so for those who are not fans of sex in the city or have never seen it it's about these four women that live in new york city uh one's a publicist one's a lawyer uh one works in an art gallery and the other one's a columnist now they all are very successful they all live really well but because of that 
there are four privileged white women. And again, this was more relevant in the 90s and early 2000s. They're a little out of touch. And being out of touch was more excusable in the 90s, as far as I'm concerned, because we did not achieve what we've achieved since. And even the early 2000s, pre 9-11, people were just fucking toxic as hell. And we shouldn't be enabling that now. No. Um, that's why I'm glad they haven't tried to restart this show or whatever. Well, they did those movies. Yeah. Do those count? No, not really. Because they, they've, they've dropped Sex in the City since then. Like, it's over now. Like, they don't, there's no more shit coming out for it. Okay. Um, there was a whole episode on Sex in the City uh, about Bi Eraser as well. So, I, I told you about this, right? Briefly. I don't remember it. So, Please Carrie, explain. Carrie starts dating this guy. This, and now, mind you, Carrie herself, they all had their issues, but Carrie was self-sabotaging. You can find us on Google and all social media at Jug of Sip Podcast. New episodes release every Monday and Friday.